Everybody, welcome back to Philly Take with RB. You know what to do. Go ahead and smash that like button, hit the subscribe if you're new, and hit that notification bell so you're always notified when I upload. Also, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Today, we have a very special guest joining the show, Keith Pompey, Sixers beat reporter, writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and oh, by the way, he also hosts his own podcast, Locked on Sixers, which will be down in the description below. Be sure to check it out. Keith, thank you so much for taking some time to join us here today. How's everything going? Everything's going well, man. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Hey, I'm a big fan of you. Big fan of your work, and uh, I see you're you're not in your normal background, right? You're on the road, coming off a tough loss, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm actually like I just you know turned and looked. I'm looking at the arena. I'm sitting at the hotel right next to the arena. Yeah, it was a tough one last night. Yep, and yeah, hopefully they'll learn team. from it. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot to get into in terms of that. Um, but first off, I, I want to kind of start off on, you know, a personal question, um, something to really, you know, get our viewers more insight on you. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, this has been a crazy year in terms of sports, the atmosphere, just watching. And for someone like you who has tons of experience covering this team, um, I just really want to get your take on how has this year been, you know, for you covering this team, you don't really get to see kind of the inside things, the everyday locker room, you know, interaction. So, uh, you know, I saw, I saw you put out a story about the teams requesting some fans. So hopefully we're getting back on the right track, right? But how's it been this year trying to cover this team? It's been different, man. It's, it's been weird because, you know, it, it's funny. Like um, today I saw Ben, you know, I saw Ben, out in the well, not really out and about because they can't really go anywhere. But I'm I'm standing in the same hotel as they are. So I saw Ben, I was like, hey, what's up, man? He goes, What's <laughs> up? And then I saw Tobias last night. What's up? And it's like, you know, it's weird because it it was one of those things where they were like happy to see me and I was happy to see them. And right. but normally it gets to a point where we get tired of seeing each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, here comes Keith again asking them crazy questions, yeah. right? So so it, it, it's, it's been different, man. It, it, it's weird because, you know, like uh, Zoom is okay, but right. It, it, right. You, you lose the interpersonal stuff. You know what I mean? You lose like, hey, man, how's your family doing? You use like, lose like before the game chatting with people. So it's been strange, man. It's really been weird. It's like it's not really like you're covering a, a, a team. Now, I hate to say this, but I just want this season to hurry up and end. So we can get to normalcy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's been absolutely crazy. I can't even imagine. You know, it's like every day talking through a screen, talking through a screen. It's like <laughs> you finally see the guy in front of you, and it's like, wow. Like, it's it's been a while. It, it almost doesn't feel like it's been normal for about a year now, so – um, yeah. I, I hear you. I'm hoping we get back to something normal soon. So go. I'm going off what you said, and I'm hoping. I'm, I'm at least hoping. But um, getting into the Sixers team, at least we can look forward to something, you know, because they've been playing a great brand of basketball. We're sitting at 2011, 20 and 11. We're on top of the East, even though the Nets are slightly catching up on us. I think they're a half game behind us now. But something has been different about this year. I think the identity of this team, kind of the structure that Doc Rivers has brought here, it's just been different. Guys know their roles. They, you know, There's better chemistry. They're playing off each other. We'll talk about the players individually. But overall, just kind of as you know, a, a brand sense, like 
Doc Rivers, Daryl Morey, you know, the, the whole new regime, pretty much the new coaching staff. It just seems like there's a different kind of brand of basketball this year. And I want to know, did you know, did you expect it to click this fast? You know, we're only 30 games in, but did you expect it to click like this? And what does it say about a guy like Doc Rivers to be able to do that? Well, as far as clicking, um, you know what? I'm expecting more and, and nothing against Doc. But I'm expecting them to have to make some more moves. I'm expecting this and that. Like the guys that's on this roster right now, I think that we're going to see a lot of differences next year, right? We may even see a lot of differences, not a lot, but we'll see a couple tweaks at the trade deadline, right? I think Doc Rivers is a is a great coach. I think Daryl Morey is a, a is a great uh, president. I'm about to call him GM. I, I think what they done, what they've done is they've added credibility to this franchise. You know, like you look at Doc and I, I spoke to a guy, I, I saw like, I saw a guy in Sacramento. Again, like I keep saying, I, I travel and I see these people. <laughs> and one guy said to me, he said, Keith, um, I feel like we're in the NBA again. And I was like, wow. And he said, yeah. He says, you know, I love Brett Brown. I loved all those other people. But it's just Doc bring, inst- he brings instant credibility to it, you know, and, and, and that's what you see. And the same thing with Daryl. I mean, you know, it's like one of those things where, you know, I, I you look at it right now and all the fans are saying, yo, we're about to make a move. We have Daryl Morey. And now that's a lot of pressure on Daryl. Right. But at the same right. time, that's what everyone expects. And you look at the Sixers and, you know, I don't know quite yet if the Sixers are as good as their record. And I know that sounds crazy because I think that when you when you have to say that, Brooklyn's a half a game behind them, but you have to say Brooklyn's the best team. But with that being said, Doc Rivers has done a phenomenal job of coaching this team and having them out there playing. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the second half of the season. Yeah, I think that's an amazing point. You talk about the credibility. I I knew from right on as soon as I heard Doc Rivers got hired. By the way, um, how about us finally getting a break, right? He falls right into our lap. I thought Mike D'Antoni was going to be the coach of this team. Yeah. And Doc yeah. Rivers, it was like such a fast process, and he kind of just falls in our lap. Um, but that accountability factor, I feel like that hadn't been here from the previous years. Um, and it just, go, it just displayed throughout the team. You can tell – going into a game now, it's not like, you know, we're always going to have to go down to the wire. Even though we have been lately, it's like we can come out, guys know their role, and they're getting the job done. And, you know, kind of transitioning into the main man, Joel Embiid. I mean, talk about insane basketball. The guy is now averaging over 30 points a game, over 11 rebounds a game. We saw him the other night come out and put up 50 in the best performance I've seen. And in my opinion, he's kind of changing the dynamic of the modern day NBA. You got a center that can come out here. He can ice games on step backs. He can Euro step. He can do anything you ask. He makes a big stop after big stop, you know, when it matters most. Um, Overall, I I think it's fair to say he's played at an MVP level this year. Um, I want to get your take, you know, whether it's the mindset, whether it's just who Joel Embiid is. I mean, he's out here the other night pumping up the crowd. Nobody's there. Um, whether it's more floor space and the roster. Overall, even Doc Rivers' system. Um, what has your, been your take on Joel Embiid? How has he been able to elevate to this kind of level this year? Well, before I do that, I got to give a shout out to Sam Hinkie. Because I remember when Sam Hinkie drafted him and then drafted Okafor. I asked him, like, dude, what are you doing? You keep drafting centers. <laughs> He says, well, one of them's great. And I'm like, dude, this is a guard league. What are you talking about? And look at Embiid, right? 
But um, trust but, the process. But no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Trust it, right? I was like, what is he doing? But anyway, so um, so here's the deal. So it's all three things you said. I think that it started off with, um, you know, Joel and B becoming a father, right? I think that there's a more like he's like he always says he wants his father to his son to know that his father was a great basketball player, right? He wants to do this. And secondly, I think that last year. In the bubble, Joel Embiid was balling early on. He did not make the all-bubble team. He did not make any of the all-NBA teams. So that motivated him. And thirdly, I think it's Doc Rivers. I think Doc Rivers is such a great coach and a a great motivator to where he's putting Joel in positions to excel, to play at the highest level. So when you bring all three of those things in, the maturity, the motivation, and the coaching, He's been phenomenal. I mean, he's been phenomenal. But again, I have to give Sam Sam Pinky credit (laughs) because I thought he was I thought they were crazy, you know, going after a center saying this is going to be a center's league when there's all these guards nowadays, you know, and they're, they're doing a phenomenal job. Unbelievable, man. Center after center. I'm like, what's going on? How long are we going to be in this position where we got to come out and watch this game, this team win 10 games and 12 games? And it's like, oh, man. But um, it definitely paid dividends in the long term. Um, Adding on to that, though, like I heard Joel and B talking the other night. I'm not sure if it was your question or someone else's, but um, he kind of answered by saying, you know, it's just my time to turn the corner. Um, And he's 26 years old. Uh, He's been playing basketball for a decade, which is absurd. (laughs) The guy teaches himself more as the years go on uh but do you think this is peak Embiid? do you think there's even more to go because if there is in my opinion it is scary for the rest of the league it is you know here's my thing like the thing about joel Embiid, it, it's, it's hard to determine how long he's going to be around just because of his injury history you know he's a guy that you know things happen now again knock on wood you're not wish wishing anything bad on him but like typically for a 26 year old, yeah, you would think. Now again, he's a guy. Will you say, well, he'll be around for the next four years, four five years? Yeah, yeah, most likely. But you know, right now, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy because, like you said, he's only been playing for like a decade, you know, and and he he has a photo uh, a photographic memory, so he just remembers everything. I mean, this guy is is great. I mean, he'll look at a he'll look and see someone do something. And he'll go out and do the same exact thing. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, Joel Embiid is great. Now, again, I do think that right now, the next couple of years, Joel is going to play at maybe the highest level that he will play at. So I think if the Sixers are going to go out there and get someone to match up with him, an elite player, the time is now because the window is going to close in a couple of years. Now, again, it's just, you know, it's just what it is. Like, you know, you're, you're peaking. He's not going to be like LeBron is a guy that's been around for years. Right. Well, there's not a lot of LeBron. So I think if the Sixers are going to make a move this year and next year are the years that they have to definitely make those moves. That's actually quite interesting because it's something I did want to touch on. Um, 
But in terms of, you know, Embiid's um, partner in this whole thing, Ben Simmons, um, if we are to go out and make a move, I think a lot revolves around him. And Ben Simmons has been a tricky one this year. Um, I'm a big Ben guy. I've loved him since the day he was drafted here. A lot of people are looking for him to take that next step. Um, and, you know, he's very quiet compared to Embiid's the guy that's always flashing out. He's showing out. Ben Simmons is just reserved. He stays to himself. And he was in a he was in a passive role this year. We can call it what it is. I was hard on the guy because I know it's in there. I know he has all the physical gifts. He can do everything. You just got to do it, Ben. You just got to do it. When you have a mismatch, you, you got to take it. You know what I mean? You got to take it. Um, yeah. But over this last stretch, I think six, seven, eight games, games it's like the light bulb went off it's like it went off in his head it clicked he's averaging 28 points a game over the last four games he's averaging nine rebounds seven and a half assists he's shooting 80 percent from the line in the last four games and ben simmons my gosh he put up 42 against the utah jazz without joel Embiid. um it seems like he's woken up and we know the defense is there but we want more we want more um what have you seen from Ben over this last stretch? Why do you think he finally decided to like wake up and, um, you know, in terms of your whole trade thing, would you be willing to ever part with Ben Simmons? You know, I don't know right now if I'm willing to get rid of Ben Simmons at this particular time. Now, if it was James Harden, yeah, because James Harden is like a former MVP. But I don't know if I'm willing to get rid of him for anyone else. I, I, I mean, like if unless – I mean, if it's Kawhi Leonard or if it's like uh, Damon Lillard or someone like that, yeah. But outside of that, I, I don't know. You know, if you're not one of those top players. Um, the thing about Ben, I think Ben also got tired of hearing the noise. Now, here's the thing about Ben. Let's be honest. So we do see the videos of Ben Simmons shooting threes. We see a lot of stuff, right? And it pisses, it pisses the average person off. I'm sorry for saying that word. But it upsets the average person. But whenever you ask Ben a question, he always says, hey, man, I, that's not my game. Right. I'll do what I'm supposed to do. So it's not like Ben is going out there saying, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. He goes out and he plays what he the way he normally does. And we're the ones who get upset. So it comes to a point where this is just who Ben is, right? We're not. He's not trying to be pigeonholed into like, or he's not trying to do stuff that he's not comfortable with. Now, but again, I do think that Ben, after a while, you know, he said his, he, he's been working a little bit on his mentals, getting motivated. But at the same time, I guess he realized he had to get a little bit more aggressive to quiet the critics, so to speak, to help his team win. And he, like you said, he's been averaging 28 over the last four games. He's been playing. He's been playing at an extremely high level. Um, I like what I see at Ben. I mean, he's attacking. He's really attacking out. And here's something else you got to understand now, too. Ben knew that he was on a trading block. And if you notice, after he realized the trade wasn't going to happen, the next couple of games, his game elevated. The same thing for me, Matisse Seibel. I know we're not talking about him, but to me, it's not ironic that these two guys, after they realized they weren't going to get traded, that their play elevated. 
Right. And I absolutely agree with that. It, it looked like it was kind of the fire that was sparked after that whole thing went down. Now, let me ask you real quick, um, kind of a rebuttal to that point. Um, you're saying Ben is who he is. And, and I hear you. You know, this is who Ben has been over the last couple of years. Um, now, he obviously brings value to your team. I don't want to kind of throw that. He brings a ton of value to your team. But let me ask you your opinion. When you go out and you pay Ben a max contract, when you make him one of the stars of this team, is this kind of the Ben that they said that they envisioned saying, you know, number one overall draft pick, uh, two time all star, pay him a max contract? Is this the Ben that we are expecting based off what we're kind of allocating to him? You know, that's a great question, a really great question, because when you when you ask, when you give a guy that type of money, you'll say, dude, I expect you to do a little bit more. Right. But at the same time, the stuff that he's doing right now is the same things that he did to get him that contract. Like, it's not like Ben came out and was like sharp shooting for threes. He was averaging like 28 points. You know, he was getting like 30 point triple doubles, you know what I mean? 30 points, whatever. Nah, he was doing the same thing. Now it looks crazy that some people will say, well, you know, here's a guy who they're saying is a multifaceted facilitator. Right. And he's making 30 plus million, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, he still was a two-time All-Star. He was the rookie of the year. He led the, the, um, the team in steals and, and, excuse me, the league in steals. And he was a first-team all-defensive player. So that warranted him getting the max contract. But again, is not the type of guy that we typically think of when you think of getting a max as a guy you think of scoring a lot of points. But these, it, like, again, Ben is being Ben. He's not he's right. not faking this out. You know what I mean? He's doing the things he's always done. Yeah, and the scary part about it is, is he's only 24 years old. There's so much more room to grow. I feel like people don't realize that. Like, he's not even close to his prime yet. Um, ben has a lot of time to continue to develop and grow. Um, and at the end of the day, as long as we win, that is all I care about. Ben can come out here with 10, 10, and 10 and make big defensive stops. And if we win, if we go and win a championship, that's all I care about. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit later, especially about what we saw yesterday. Um, but I think a big part of that is also the emergence of Tobias Harris. So kind of transitioning to that. Um, Toby has been playing out of his mind this year for what we saw, you know, comparison to the last couple of years. I feel like I'm seeing a reemergence of Toby from LA with Doc Rivers again, putting up tw uh, over 20 a game. Um, what do you attribute to Tobias Harris's success so far and you know do you think this can continue as we go throughout the year into the playoffs can he be the man to take big shots for us I think he can I mean I, I think he can um you know there, there's a confidence that's growing I mean you know I know Tobias had he struggled yesterday he struggled yesterday from and and a lot of people criticized him but I think back to the Toronto game I mean excuse me I think back to the Lakers game I think back to the Indiana game. I mean, there was a lot of games where he just took over in the fourth quarter and played well. Um, you know, everyone is going to have a bad game from here to here, but I think he can now. Again, he's a forward. Um, you know, you would typically like that guy to be a guard to do it. Um, so who knows what they're going to do in the trade at the trade deadline. But yeah, Tobias is a guy who can make big shots for the Sixers. Yeah. 
and especially yesterday you know i think i feel like it was just a hard game for everyone obviously we blew a big lead and then late in the fourth quarter um you know we went almost eight minutes without scoring a bucket and somehow we were still in position to maybe even win the game um so it was very crazy but kind of the long-term message I took away from yesterday. And the only thing that does worry me is what happens in the fourth quarter. You know, we're going to need to rely on Tobias Harris to make shots like that. We're going to need to rely on Ben Simmons to be able to impact the game because, you know, if we go up against a similar defense to Nick Nurse in the playoffs, they know how to kind of take Ben's offensive game out of the way. And if Joel Embiid is getting doubled and tripled, uh, someone's going to have to make the shot. So, um, you know, do you think we have a guy, like I said, other than Tobias, that is going to make the big shots? What do you think we do in that kind of circumstance if it comes up in the playoffs? Um, see, it's going to get tough in the playoffs. Um, but at the same time, I expect Doc Rivers to make some adjustments, to be honest right. with you, because there's a lot of things that they're not that, that they're not seeing. I mean, that they're not unveiling right now, especially with Tobias. Uh, you know, I, I, I think like. See, to me, that's the real test. And and I'm not evading your question. Like, to me, like, all this stuff is great. But we all know that Ben Simmons is not going to be going 100 miles an hour. Right. You know, you're going to lay up the layup. It's going to be more of a half – I mean, from end to end, it's going to be more of a half-court game. So, to me, that's where the true test is going to come from. Now, that's why, personally, I think they need to go out there and get another guard. And they need to get a combo guard. They need to get someone – who like a Zach Levine type of guy, a guy who can, 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 can play off of Ben, a guy who can get his own shot, give you buckets. That's what they need. They need someone that's going to help them out. But at the same time, I still would like to see the growth in Ben Simmons. Like the last couple of playoffs, Ben Simmons, when they got in the second round, he turned out to be a role player. Yeah. You know, I, I need to see Ben Simmons, continue to be a solid player who's attacking the basket. But at the same time, I know that they, they're still missing that one piece for them to go far in the playoffs. And that needs to be a two guard or a combo guard, a guy like a Zach Levine. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I'm having a little trouble and I would love to hear your input on this because at the beginning of this season, I viewed the Sixers personally as a team like, all right, coming off a shortened offseason, it's a weird circumstance. Let's bring Doc in. Let's bring Daryl in. Let's kind of set the standard. And in this upcoming free agency, which is, you know, supposed to be historic, we go out and get our final piece and we make that run next year. We open up the window. However, seeing how the East has kind of rolled out this year, I'm like, the East is wide open. You know what I mean? We have a chance to kind of go out here and win this. So uh, in your opinion, now, is there a chance for us to take it this year all the way, go to the finals, get out of the Eastern Conference? Um, you know, where, where do we stand right now? Where do you think? Not with this roster. I mean, uh, not with the way the roster currently stands. I think they need to make a couple adjustments. Um, I, I, but I do think that the way Embiid is playing, the way that Tobias is playing and, and Ben is st starting to play, I think that they're they're in the they're they're in that like kind of group of teams that can make some noise. Right. However, when you look at the Brooklyn Nets right now, I don't see the Sixers having that firepower to beat Brooklyn. Now, again, Embiid can have a phenomenal game and keep them in the game, but 
but I don't see them beating Brooklyn in, in the, in the seven game series. The thing about the Sixers are like, I think that whenever doc rivers, a lot of times it's coach speak coaches will say to you, well, coach, you know, your team is great. Nah, man, like we need to work on things. Nah, Doc is real. They need to work on things. Mm-hmm. Like he knows that they don't have a bench. They don't have any depth. He knows that like, you know, um, Seth Curry and Danny Green has to be a little bit more consistent. You know what I mean? Things like that. But he's not going to call people out. So when I look at this current roster and I'm looking at Brooklyn and I'm seeing that the Sixers schedule is going to get tougher in the second half, and I'm looking at seeing how Brooklyn is charging. Now, nah, I don't think this team could uh, win the championship this year. Sorry. Yeah. And I hear you. And I agree that, you know, in the first half of the season so far, we we played a lot of teams. We've taken care of our business. But, you know, we haven't played a lot of teams with winning records. So I still think there's a test to prove. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering how you feel on this. Because, you know, you're talking about getting a Zach Levine type. We've heard Bradley Beal. We've even heard Kyle Lowry today. There's guys, names going around like that. Um, I don't know if the Sixers need to go out and get one of those big pieces. Because if you do... Where do the touches fall, right? We saw years ago, Ben, Jimmy, Toby, Joel, and it seemed like guys weren't in position. Like, where do the touches go? You know, who knows if there's too much power? You know what I mean? There's too many big guys that need the ball in their hands. So I'm not really sure. Do you think we should take that approach, go and get one of those big pieces, maybe move one of our pieces? Or do you feel like we have to, you know, fill out the the supporting cast, the Danny Greens, the Seth Currys, the spot up shooters? I think we go and upgrade our bench. We get a couple scores, you know, maybe another backup center. And we fill out with a couple more consistent shooters. I think the brand we play uh, might be able to win. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. But I also do think that they need a secondary ball handler. I mean, if you notice the last couple games, like Tobias Harris has been actually the backup point guard. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like he's been playing point forward. So I, I think they do need a, a, a ball handler. A guy like Kyle Lowry intrigues me a lot. And the reason being is because he's a guy who can impact the game without having to score a lot of points. Like he's like, like yesterday. And, and that's why I like going to these games because you get to see stuff that they don't show on TV. Like yesterday, um, he was doing timeouts. He was on the court showing guys how to run plays and where they should be at. He was like a coach there. And I think that something like that will really help the Sixers out. And then also, he can also shoot the ball. So there's a lot of things that he could help, you know, the team out with. So I think him, I understand that. But other than that, yeah, you're right. They need somebody who's going to come off the bench and is going to get buckets. And you hope that that player isn't going to cost you a lot. Yeah, and I agree with you. I I do think we need another ball handler as well. It gets kind of wonky at times. But the only question I have is like, if we go out and get another ball handler, say for the starting lineup, what do you do with Ben Simmons? You know, do you move him to the three? Like Ben Simmons obviously will not take a 15 foot jump shot yet who knows if he ever will but it that's the thing that gets me how do you kind of work that out you don't want to move toby off the floor in my opinion i think that's his natural position he got joel but what do you do with ben simmons at that point you know it, it depends on who you get like so for instance if you get kyle lowry i think it could work out where ben you know they, they call ben the quote-unquote facilitator i think they could be in the backcourt together because you look at him and fred van uh, van fleet 
Like they're both two point guards and they're both playing well together. You know, so when you look at a guy like Kyle, he can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. Now, if, if, if you were going after another like strictly point guard type of guy, then that's when you'll have a problem. Now, again, Kyle is a point guard, but he can play off the ball. So I don't think they would have a problem there. And you look at it, you look at Ben Simmons right now, um, you know, the, the difference to having Kyle is that you wouldn't have, and, and he hasn't really played a lot as much lately, but remember before when Maxie would come in yeah, and then all of a sudden Ben would be move playing like power forward or center, yep. you know, you would see that instead of Maxie, when Kyle has the ball, and you know, it, it will be Kyle playing as opposed to Maxie. So I think, you know, Ben is set up for that. And he also knows that, like, let's, I keep it real. When he's playing with a guy like a Kyle Lowry, Kyle's going to find him. He's going to get Ben all these easy baskets. Ben's numbers are going to go up. He's going to get triple doubles all the time because Kyle's going to put him in great positions. So, you know, for him, I don't think there's really going to be a problem if they go after and they get Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think Ben's always needed that ball handler next to him. But um, other than that, you would expect Daryl Morey to be, you know, big buyers here at the deadline, right? Like Daryl Morey said it himself, this championship or bust, we're making a push, right? Yeah, the only thing is you got to be careful. To, well, not should say be careful. Like, just make sure that you're not giving up someone that's going to turn out to be a superstar a couple years from now. But, yeah, I mean, it, right now, you, I have to say that there's some pressure on Daryl Morey because he came out and he said the championship of a bust. Everyone in Philadelphia, like we talked about early on, everyone in Philly is expecting Daryl Morey to make a move. Like, yep. they're not saying, will he make one? No, they're expecting him to make a move. So I feel like it's pressure because you look at the assets, like, who are you going to give up? Um, you know, or is, you know, or, are the end of the bench guys really going to, you know, enable you to go out there and get someone that's going to move the needle. So I think there's some pressure on Daryl right now. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be more based around some of our future picks. Um, that's just me. But if there's anyone I do trust to get it done, it is Daryl Morey. The guy is a home run swinger. He's going to go out and try to get something done. You know, we saw us move a couple picks last year for Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson. So I would expect something like that. Um but we'll hope and see. But um, lastly, the last thing I want to ask you is kind of another personal thing. Um, what has been your your favorite moment covering the Sixers? You've been doing this for a long time. Favorite game, favorite season, series, whatever. What's what's one moment that stands out to you? Oh, that's a tough one, man. It really is. Uh, wow. You know what? I will have to say because I covered them since there since the beginning of the process. So I would have to say um, two seasons ago, or was it? Yeah, two seasons ago when, when they uh, ended the regular season with 20-something victories. You know, that was special because, you know, you didn't see it coming. I mean, you know, it was one of those things. They were like 500 before, right. before they went on that run. You know what I mean? They were, and, and that was special because, like, when I first got on the beat, the Sixers were horrible. Like, people – I would – other beat writers would laugh at me when I would show up like, yo, you covering that semi-pro team again? Like, you know, stuff like that. So for them to turn things around and, 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 and then also win that opening round playoff series against the Miami, I, I think that was the best moment because that was when the, 
the transformation started. Yep, that's when kind of boys turn to men, you know. But yeah. um, hey, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I'm a big fan of you, uh, really big fan of your work. So thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again in the future. Thanks for having me on the podcast, man. Thanks so, man. And let's let's hope we get a bounce back win tomorrow, right? Against Toronto, time to make a statement, you know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I think it, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a very intriguing game. Because, you know, Doc, I'm pretty sure Doc Rivers is coming up with, you know, it's like a playoff game. He's going to counter this guy yep. to, to see what he can do to make adjustments. Yep. Yep. It's been, it, that's definitely been a specialty of this kind of back to back schedule, but I'm ready for it, man. Hey, thank you so much. Mm hmm. All right. Thank you, man. Perfect. Perfect.